It's when you hit the right button. Ah, oh, I can be taught. How many feel like sometimes you're like that? You go through the same thing every day. Oh, help me, Jesus. And like, you know, it's going to happen. I just built the coffee. You know, you ever I've done this. Can't say I've done it many times, but I have done it. Hey, Brett, what time is it? Oh, no. You've probably never done that, have you? Or I'm trying to pick something up and trying to keep something of soup. Yeah, I've had those things. But if I could tell you this morning, if I could convince you of just a few things that would say life can be better than what you have right now, would you be interested? If I could show you that God has more for you, now you're going to have to hear it by faith. Everything in the kingdom happens by faith. Everything that we do, if we're doing for the kingdom, happens by faith. If I could show you some faith things that you could take care of and it would give you, I'm telling you right now, 2018 is going to be the best year you've ever had if you want to walk in it. It's going to be good, but we've got to understand this isn't, God loves us and he wants us to prosper and be in health, even as our soul prospers, our mind, our will, and our emotions. Isn't that half the battle? If we can just get our mind to think right, we'd be all right. Anyway, but he wants us to have a good life, but we have to understand that it's going to take faith, but it is for, now listen to me, it is for his glory and the, and the pushing forward of the kingdom of God that none should perish. There are so many people that need Jesus. And here's the thing about it. You know how they find him? They watch you. This, the day of telling people you're going to go to hell, you're you know what? That didn't win too many people to Jesus. Well, you're going to burn. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, you know, if you don't know Jesus, you're just like, whatever I got to say. I haven't you ever been prayed for. I was prayed for one time and I just did whatever they said because I wanted the people to get off me. I am the only one that is honest enough to say that here at church. I'm telling you, there were people, oh, you need to do this. You need to, you need to receive it. Now receive it. If you say this, you say, you know, and I'm, I'm just like, dear God, if I say that, will you leave me alone? Okay. My baloney has a first. And that's not what they were saying, but I mean, just okay. But if I could show you that things could be better, let's look at the, let's look at the book because that's what we do our life by. Normal sometimes just isn't working and it's okay. Now, let me just preface this by saying sometimes you have to do the right thing and continually do the right thing. That's just it. And, and we live in a society that is once instant results, you know, and if you don't see them instantaneously, we think, okay, it's not working, you know, um, but it is doing the right thing consistently. So if you're doing the right thing, this is by no means going, oh, yes, I went to church and he told me to stop dieting. I can see that right there. Pizza is what I need to eat every meal of the day. And that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying sometimes you need to do what you need to do. And the continual doing of good things brings forth good fruit. Say amen to that. So we need to have balance here. So when we're looking at this, Proverbs 29, 18 says this. When people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. But whoever obeys the law is joyful. The King James says that where there's no vision, the people perish. And uh, so we, we have to understand this. Without vision, we're kind of like... Uh, being in a rowboat, if you don't have oars, so to speak, you're out on the water and the water starts doing, you know, the storm's coming and you're just going wherever the boat's taking you because you don't have any way to steer it. And so if it pushes you that way, if it pushes you in shore, pushes you in the rocks, pushes you over the waterfall, I mean, you're just pretty much along for the ride. Sometimes that's how we do life. We, we get in something and we're not using wisdom or we just don't have the faith to ask God, God, what do you want me to do from this point? 
So we have to have vision. Turn to your neighbor and say, I, I need to see this. All right. So this is what Helen Keller was quoted as saying. They said, what would be worse than being born blind? And this is her reply. I thought this is this is really stellar. She says, having sight without vision. Think about that. In other words, sometimes what she's saying is there's people that can't see in the natural, but they can see a lot more than people that can see in the natural. Have you ever fasted? If you fast and go without food, it, it, something happens to the other senses of your body. They, they become more acute. You're more aware. You're probably a little more irritable, but, <laughs> you know, all of a sudden you get, you know, things are just, okay, this is what I'm talking about, just tuning in. There's all kinds of frequencies out there in the world, all kinds. We brought in a transistor radio. Remember the day of the transistor? They still make those? I don't know. It probably has some kind of an internet cable or something now, but transistor radio where you just had to tune everything. And there's all kinds. You can pick up all kinds of things going radio waves in the room, but you'd have to find that station and lock on it, and then it would come in. This is what I'm talking about today. This is talking about there's going to be something better, but you've got to tune in. You've got to tune into what God is trying to tell you to do. You've got to start saying, all right, God, so if I'm doing this, rather than, you know, things when I'm watching that video, dude, quit looking at your phone while you're pouring your milk. Watch the cars coming out of the drive. Pretty soon he's hugging the car, you know. Just <laughs> So start just saying, all right, God, what do I do? How do you want me to do it? A lot of us feel like this. We've had no choice. We, we came into the world. We, we didn't get to pick our, our families or, uh, you know, sometimes the environment growing up or whatever. And, and in, in cases, that's probably true. We didn't have any choice. You might not have any choice how you came in, but you do have a choice how you go out. You do have a choice of what you can do from this point on, how you can respond, what your perspective is, your perception. God, show me your viewpoint. How many knows his is bigger than yours? And if I could see what you're seeing, then all right. You know, there's, there's all kinds of things out there where God sees what you don't see. You can only see right in front of you. But if God would say, just stay on this course, I don't want to stay on this, stay on this course. I don't want to stay on this course. But he can say like, hey, 100 yards, your, your destination's right there. But you can't see it. You're going to have to trust me. The word vision means divine guidance, sight, dream, revelation, or enlightenment. Perish could mean this, run wild, run your own way. Any way that's different from God, die, expire. The question we have to answer, do we have a vision? Do, what do we see for yourself? What do you see? We, you know, we've talked about what we're looking at. That's where we'll go. We'll be drawn that way. Our, our lifestyle will go that way. If that's what you're viewing and that's what you're, I mean, you're just like, I'm all, if you see yourself as a loser and you continually speak that, you act that out. I'll never have anything on this or that and all of that. And we've, we've talked about all that kind of stuff and I'm sure we'll talk about it again. But what I'm telling you is, what's your vision? Do you see yourself different? Do you see 2018? This is the time that you can say, well, Brett, I've not done this before. Hey, today's your day. You're here at a good time because you can pick today to say, this is the time right now. I'm seeing myself differently than I saw myself before. I'm seeing myself differently than I saw myself before. This does not have to be my outcome. There's things that happen to you that you had no control of, but you can control this. You have a choice on how you're going out or how this is changing. If you really want it to change, and you really believe that God has something better for you, 
pay close attention. As we talked to the, with our church, I started looking at this. Uh, you know, do we have a vision? But as I even brought it back to individuals, men, I'm just talking to you right now. Now, listen to me, men. Before we even talk about the church, if you see yourself this way and you say, you know, we have choices. You know, we make this and we can take it down to square grass level. Is that right? Ground level, grass level, blacktop level. I don't care. Take it down there, heaven or hell. Comes down to two choices. Everybody gets to live forever. You just get to choose where you want to go. Well, I'm not going to choose heaven. If you don't choose heaven, you've chose the other one by default because there's only two choices. Men, listen to me. If you choose, you have to be ready to know that you can look around and find wherever you're going, your family will be right with you. People will say, well, you know, they, they have to choose themselves, and that is true. But can I say, we have a generation that needs a godly father. We, got, we need, I tell you what, thank God for women that stand up for the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need men to do that. Now, I, ha- I believe we have church men in here that do that. So I'm not hammering anybody, but I'm saying, don't, don't we have a generation that need men just to say, I'm not apologizing for the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm telling you what, I'm born again saved. We just, the, the quarterback for the Vikings, did you hear his testimony? Well, that's good because he said, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So even in the midst of stuff that we may not like, you got somebody saying, you know what? You give me a stage platform, I'm going to say something about Jesus. So I thank God for that. So we got to start saying, men, let's make the choices. We got to, our families, our kids, they're looking to us to do exactly, uh, pave the way. And that's what I want. I want to pave the way. I don't want my kids to go, hey, I wonder if uh, dad believed in God. No. I want them to say, son, here's what God is telling me to do. Here's the way we're walking. Here's what we're doing as a family. Here's how we're doing. You instill those kind of things. Daughter, this is what we do. We get in our new building. I'm so stoked. We get in our new building. We'll be able to have conferences. You know, cool things. We'll be able to have like, um, Pastor Gary's having this. And I'm like, oh, Lord, I wish we were in our building. A father-daughter dance. Is that not cool? Could we not like Deck the place out and then just have a night with daddy and and the daughter and just make it some really cool thing. Man, I'm telling you, God has got better in store, but we got to say, all right, God, because it's going to. It's going to stretch us. It's going to stretch us. So our church vision statements live life on purpose. The founding scripture, John 14, 6, when I founded this church, that's the scripture he gave me. The Bible says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. True life church. That's where the, our name comes out of that. Our mission statement was this. This is the long version of live life on purpose. To be a church that will teach, live, and empower people to live life in victory. Increase their faith in God. Build their family strong. Restore God's blessing in their lives. Live life on purpose. You see, people that don't know Jesus are going to look at your life and they're going to find Jesus because they're going to see something that's different in you that they have to understand or have to have. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, we need to be lights in this place. When you go out to the the gas station at Kroger's or wherever you're buying your gas or wherever you're going to pay, just not because you're good looking or you're a Christian or you're uglier than a mud fence, you still pay what everybody else pays. Right? But I've got Kroger points. 
<laughs> 20 cents off a gallon. Hmm. Whatever the case, I mean, it's not about that. It's about, you know what, it's going, the Bible says it's going to rain on the just and the unjust. We're all going to go through stuff, but what we do on the way through stuff, come on, how we handle ourselves, how we perceive, and what is our why on what we're doing and why we do it will make all the difference in the world. Make all the difference in the world. Here's our first thought this morning. What do you see? So what's your vision? There are people that just don't want to see. <laughs> don't show me anything because, man, if you show me, then I got to know it. Don't want to know that. They refuse to recognize anything that would be out of their realm of comfort. My friends, as we are walking with God, we are out of our realm of comfort. I mean, it's good to walk with God, but if you're really going to do things God wants you to do, he's going to tell you to go pray for somebody, go pick somebody up, go give this, go do that. It's not always going to be comfortable. He's had me do stuff, and I've told you stories that it's just like, really? I don't, I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I am not comfortable doing that. And it's just like, there's no answer. God, I don't have to do that, do I? God? Uh, God? I mean, all kinds of things. I told the story in the first service. I was at Ponderosa. I'd just been saved like six months. Man, you get a new person that's saved in about six months, they're dangerous. Because all they know is Jesus. And they'll just be like, oh, <laughs> let me pray for people. You know, and sometimes that's like a little much. They want to get in your space and they did just what you were doing. But now they're sanctified and holy and now you're going to hell. And you get it. But they found something and they really don't know how to, they're just, how many know what I'm talking about? I did that. Well, kind of. And then I finally re realized that ain't working. Because then I really, I was out of my comfort zone, but I, I didn't even feel right. I just feel like I was hitting on, you know, I had an eight piston engine and I'm hitting on four of them. You know, just nothing's working. So anyway, I finally, I calmed back down and I, I was, I was good. And we had, I worked at Ponderosa's where I met Pastor Kim. I worked at Ponderosa and she worked there and she was the hostess with the mostest. She'd walk around them stakes, hi there, how are you doing? <laughs> She's beautiful and I'm like, oh man. And the rest is history. She fell in love with me. <laughs> Can't keep her away from me now. So anyway. <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> We had this ribeye sale going on and all the ribeyes. I mean, we were I mean, it was busting the stores. I mean, lying down and out the door, you know, and and we went through all the ribeyes. They they didn't pull out enough. So all we had were frozen. It was in the middle of winter. It was just frozen food. So they had had the district manager was there and there's a couple other managers that were there. And because the it was our, I still remember our our unit was 121. That was the store unit, their number or whatever. But we were it was we were out of meat. Now, we got all these people that want ribeye specials, you know, and we don't have any meat. So they're out at the freezer, and they've got Bic lighters, and they're all putting it under the lock, trying to get They can't get the key in the lock. The key won't go in the lock. The lock is locked. They can't do anything with it. All three managers are out there. Employees are out there. And we're like, where's everybody at? And they're like, they're out there. They're trying to get in the freezer. And it's cold. So I went outside. First mistake. <laughs> And I'm standing kind of in the background, and this is, I'm just standing like this. Now, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm the cook, so I'm the head cook there, and I'm standing like this because I got no steaks to cook. And the Lord says something to me, and, and I, again, I've not been saved very long. 
but I feel this inside. Now, God didn't come down and, and walk over to me and, and say, hello there. Got something to tell you. Are you ready? He didn't say that. He didn't sound like Buzz Lightyear. He, just, he didn't say anything. So what he says to me inside, he says, I need you to go over and I need you to, to command that lock to open. And I, this is me having this conversation in my brain. I ain't doing that. And he says it again. I need you to go over. I'm like, I am not comfortable doing that. Well, that went on. And, I mean, we're out there freezing. And these guys, they're cussing. And they're getting, you know, they can't get the lock open. And have you ever, now this is just, I'm going to, I'm teaching you what I did. Okay. So I'm just going for my, my, what happened. I'm like, I am not comfortable. But I felt the Lord inside. There was just this urgency. I needed to do that. So that's how I can explain that. I mean, I could hear him in my mind, and I could feel it in my heart that I needed to do something. It's almost like if you're going to have somebody throwing a ball to you, you sense the ball's coming. It was just, it starts to be a reaction. So I'm like, I took a step, and the whole time, I, when I took that first step, I could just feel this wave of fear. Now, let me stop right here, because when, when the enemy, when I'm doing something that I know I'm supposed to do inside, there's a peace. Now, here's what you have to dis- decide. Now, this is what I'm going to... Because inside, when you're doing something that God wants, there will be something inside that says, you are on, yep. But your comfort zone is still there. It's not comfortable. But inside, you know you're still supposed to do it. Do you understand? So when I'm feeling the fear, it is just proving to me that inside I feel a peace, so I know now I'm supposed to because the enemy just threw out his card. Okay? Because now he's telling me no, and I know inside I'm saying yes, and God is telling me yes, so now I'm no, okay, I'm doing this. So I just kind of walk over, never did it before. Managers are there with their big lighters, and they're, you know, and the, there's, you know, the girls there, oh, what are we going to do? I don't know, what are we going to, you know, and all that. And so I just reached my hand in between them, grabbed the lock, and did just what I felt God tell me to do. In the name of Jesus, you open. And pulled the lock down and went, thunk, and opened. And these guys are like, oh, and you heard all the people. There was probably 25 people there. And they're all, oh, and I, I walked away going, oh, my word. <laughs> and people are like, did you see that? And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, did you see that? <laughs> and people, you know, for the rest, now listen to me. For the rest of the next week or more, people are like, how did you do that? And I'm thinking, I got no idea. All I know is I did what I felt he told me to do. But what did it bring? It, it brought people wondering, how did I do that? I, now, here's what's important, and I didn't teach this in the first session. This is what's important. I didn't take the credit for it. So I can't teach them, here's lock opening 101. When locks freeze... Stand outside, act cold, whittle your way through people and say this word. Didn't do that. I just said, I just felt God come say inside for me to go pray for that lock and, and pull on it and say that. And, and, and it opened. And they go, well, and the manager, right when I did that, he said, how did he do that? The other manager said, well, we got it all heated up with the lighters. So that's how that happened. And the other manager goes, I got the key. So it didn't even have the key in it. So they're like, okay, I don't know. <laughs> so they can't explain all of that. What are you telling me? I'm saying, what, are you, what is your vision? What are you looking at? 
Hebrews says this, 11, 24, and 27. It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Now, I'm just going to, rather than read all of that, I'm going to tell you, in essence, what this is saying, because I took a little long time on that story. So what he's basically saying, Moses could have been on easy street. He could have just said, I'm going to live with Pharaoh, and I'm going to eat grapes, and, and, and they're going to wave branches over my head, and this is going to be cool. I need some tea. Come on, how about some cheese? Give me some crackers. Let's go. I mean, he could be, he, but he said no, because something inside, you see, Moses had seen something that didn't, he didn't quite understand, but yet was pulling him out of his comfort zone. He saw a bush that burned and didn't get consumed, and the bush talked to him. How many knows that's not a normal thing? What you been doing, Moses? Talking to bushes. <laughs> Guys with the white come, hmm, Moses needs some help. <laughs> But he had seen something, so something was pulling him into a direction that he knew only God could do. Moses had a stuttering problem. So he, he could, could, he could, he could, he could, he could, he was having trouble. And so he was trying to use anything he could to not have to do what is being called for him to do. God's going to pull you into new territory this year. Territory that's out of your comfort zone. That's what he was doing with Moses. Anybody ever been out of your comfort zone? I mean, just stuff. You're like, oh, God, I don't want to go over and pray for them. I mean, you can do that, right? You're omnipresent. Why you have me do it? I mean, you, you come up with all these ideas. You see, Moses had never brought anybody out of captivity. Moses had a past. He had no clue what was going on before him. God was doing this. Check this out. You're never going to understand all this unless you're going to just say, God, I trust you. When he told me to start True Life Church, I have never started a church before. Never. It's not like, oh, oh, great. Let me get my tool chest and pull out how to start a church 101. I don't know. All I was done in the assemblies of God, I was put in churches. Hear this or put your thing in here. That's what happened. That's just how they did it. And for God to tell me to start my own, I'm like, God, I don't even know what to do. I'm telling you, he's going to pull you out of your comfort zone. Not in a bad way, but if you're doing what he wants, you're going to have to whittle your way through some people that probably aren't going to like what you're doing. They're not going to be in favor. There are people out there if I said, you know what, I'm going to lay hands on that lock. I'm going to pull it and God's going to open it right there. They'd been like, you are nutso. But I didn't ask for their permission. I just wanted to be obedient. Moses found out he was tied to something greater than himself. He had a why. He had a purpose. This morning, you have a why. You have a purpose. Mark, 6, or Mark 5, 36 says, Jesus overheard them and said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just have faith. Uh, another version says, just believe. What was he saying? You can't, whatever you see isn't necessarily everything that's going on. And if you make your assessment on just what you see, you're going to miss something. Because God is way deep. Turn to your neighbor and say, oh, he's, he's way deep. There's going to be things that you don't see that God's doing and you don't see him doing it. But trust me, he's doing it. Come on, listen to me. How about this? Abraham and Isaac. I've, I've had three sons. One is with Jesus now. I've got two here. To the imagine of putting a son on the altar is very, very hard to comprehend. I, it, my heart wants to cry. God tells Abraham, you're going to do this. And you're going to go to this mountain. And you're going to take your son up there. And you're going to... I mean, he's already told him that. 
How many know what I'm talking about? And so Abraham, he does. In the morning, he begins to get the wood ready. Now, he doesn't understand all of what's going on to his comprehension of what he sees. But real worship starts in obedience. Because when you are getting ready for church and you're like, you don't feel like church. Who am I talking to today? You don't feel like coming to church. Hell is breaking loose in your house. But you are getting yourself ready. Because God's got something bigger than what you see in front of you. That child is coming back. That relationship is getting restored. Finances are coming back to you. But you've got to understand, it's bigger than you. It's better than you. And so you start saying, all right, God. And so he, he chops the wood. He sticks it on the donkey. And the donkey, if the donkey could talk, he'd probably say, he, he, he always does that. <laughs> Just keeping you with me. So he sticks it on the donkey and he goes. And this is what Abraham tells the guys that are with him. He said, this he says this, I don't, I don't, the funny the way it's written in one of the translations, me and the lad will return to you. Me and the lad. I thought that was kind of cool. But he basically says, the boy and I are coming back. Now he already knows what he's supposed to do. This is one of those, he's, he's just doing it. He hasn't told his son, probably rightfully so. And his boy says, father, we have. The altar, we've got the wood. Where's the sacrifice? There's got to be a time when Abraham's eyes just look at Isaac and they just lock. Have you ever looked at someone? Like I can look at my wife and there's times she can look at me, I can look at her. I don't have to say anything. We are one. And I know what she's thinking. And trust me, she knows what I'm thinking. And how do you explain that to your son? There's no record of Abraham and Isaac struggling. Did Isaac say, Dad, I trust you. I know you hear from God. I don't know how this is going to work out. But I love you. And I love the God that we serve. What happened? And he ties him up and he lays him there. Listen, I see this so vividly in my spirit. Every step of obedience that Abraham does on the other side of the mountain. I feel like Carmen in that song. On the other side of the courtroom. (laughs) You'd have to know the song. But anyway, on the other side of the mountain, there's a ram. And every step of obedience that Abraham is taking that ram is getting closer. And, and there, I, I really believe that there's angels going, nope, can't go this way. Nope. Just keeping that ram on course because Abraham's taking those steps. What is your vision? What are you looking at? Bruce Lee, if you're into martial arts, had a fighting style unlike any other because he developed it himself is what he thought. And his fighting style was he would look six inches beyond. The, I mean, he had a one-inch punch, but he would look six, six inches beyond. Not, I'm not saying Bruce Lee's uh, spiritual or anything like that. That's not what I'm talking about. But I'm saying the concept of looking past the target. Man, we live in a society, we're just lucky if we can even get close to the target. You know? 
We just are. We, we, we look at things like that. We're just like, hey, we're close. You know, you ever take your dirty clothes off and throw it, and there's the basket, and it gets close, and you're like, yeah, it's pretty good. It's close. <laughs> guys are much different than girls, too. Girls are, you know, Kim would be like picking that up stuff. This is what we do as guys. Pick it up with our feet. Anyway, what would happen if we looked past? See, that's our issue. We don't look. We just, we see everything right here and that's what we accept. What if God's doing something more? What if he's calling you out of your comfort zone and you're looking at something, but there's something past what you're seeing? There's something that you can't see, but if you trust him, it's past what you're looking at right now. You see this, but God's saying, oh, there's so much more. Here's secondly, what are you listening to? So you've got to guard not only what you see, but what you hear. There are going to be people that aren't going to say what God is saying. There are going to be people that aren't going to say what the book is saying. There are going to be people that are going to say stuff that's contrary to what this says. What are you going to believe? You can, you can let people tell you gossip all day long, or you can stop it. You can say, you know what? I'm not doing that. Because if you stop it, they won't do it to you again. That's really the fact. If you will listen to it, they'll come to you all the time with it. Did you hear about so-and-so? Oh. Now I'm going to rain on some prayer. I know it's 1158. I don't have a whole lot more. Are you good? Okay, listen. I remember my grandma. I love my grandma. She helped raise me. I'd go to her house and she watched soap operas. So some of you, if you're in here and you're watching soap operas, you're not going to like me in a minute. (laughs) But I hope you'll still like me. But it's all good. I'd come in and there'd be, I don't know, you know, as the world turns, as the edge of night, and somebody needs to give Ryan some more hope than what he's got and all that stuff. <laughs> but so we'd be in there, and, I'd, and she'd say, oh, I just had the TV on. I'm not even paying attention to that. Now, listen, if that's true, <laughs> she'd pay attention to a lot, even though that wasn't because I'd say, well, Grandma, who's that? And she'd say, oh, that's the second person. Well, that was her first wife off the second and third cousin. And just go through this whole list. I'm like, how did you even know that? Oh, I don't know. It's just on. You gotta you gotta watch what you're listening to. You gotta watch what you know. Whose report will you believe? If there's things that happen that God is trying to get you, the enemy is going to stop it. Just like that fear hit me. You can't pull on a lock and open it. You can't. How many times has God done something that people would say can't be done? You can't spit in mud and put it on people's eyes they won't see. You can't put a rod up and the sea won't split. You can't step out over the Jordan and it'll part. You can't if a guy's been dead four days. Dear God, don't unroll the stone. He smells. You can't do this. You can't do that. And God says, you watch me. God will say, you might not think I can do it, but if you believe, I can do it. Because my Bible and your Bible says, nothing, nothing, nothing is impossible to him that believes. I got people that are just saying, well, I want God to speak to me audibly. Are you sure? I've heard God audibly. I've seen angels. And sometimes... I'm just telling you, this is what happens. Now, honestly, I didn't ask for him, but he speaks to you every day. If you won't believe him speaking to you in this, it's just like the story. They said, hey, let one of us get out of here from hell. We'll go tell all our friends. We'll tell them. And Jesus said, no, it's not going to work. If they don't believe you now, they're not going to believe, even though somebody says, I've been there, done that. You're going to have to understand that the word is God. 
And if God needs to speak to you audibly, he'll do it. Your vision, what you see, let, let the Lord birth it for you. Let him show you what you could do. Spirit born, spirit fed, and spirit led. Get around people that are going to talk God. We understand how awesome God is, how big he is. And then we won't hesitate to believe him for great things. But we've got to look past us. Here's our last thought. So what do you believe? Not just what we see, not just what we hear. What do you believe? Mark 9, 24 The father instantly cried, I I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. There's going to be a time when you're going to say, you know what? God, I can see you to hear, but come on. That's a lot. And God will just say, do you trust me? I can't see that. I can see this. Let me just say this. I'm just telling you from my experience. I have never started a church before. Didn't know how to do it, but I had to put my hand to it. I had to put my hand to say, God, if that's what you want me to do, I'm going to find out how I do this. And so then I found out. Can I tell you that he didn't say, Brett, come in for our meeting. We are having a meeting and I'm going to show you the next 10 years of everything that will happen. He didn't do any of that. You know what happens? Vision is unfolded as you walk it. You take that step of obedience. Boom. Ooh, there's another step. Okay. Boom. What do I do now? If it doesn't light up another step, don't do it. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I will put those words in my heart. So then I know, God, I know if you're telling me this, you'll do it. See, I go back on that stuff when he'd tell me I need you to call this out or I need you to pray for that. Lord, I don't want to do that. I don't want to pray for a lock. I don't want to call a blind person out. What if they don't get healed? What if they do? He never asked my approval. There's stuff that has made me totally uncomfortable. I mean, totally. And I don't like it. But he's never said, I'm going to run things by your standard. He's always said, do you trust me? You see, because in the midst of sometimes what seems like chaos or what seems like there's going to be that peace like we talked about. There's going to be something that's like, I don't really get that. That doesn't make me comfortable. But God, something tells me you're still involved in this. Something tells me. And one of these times, I'm just telling you, I, I, God is amazing. I, I, we were in a revival service in Brownsville. Where's Glenn? Yeah, Pensacola, Brownsville. The revival there. Kim and I went there and, and Kim just kind of went over on the seat in the power, which basically is just, you know, God was just so strong. She was just like, I just need to lay down, whatever. So she just kind of falls over on the seat right in front of her. Like she's sitting here right here. And we were, it was crowded. And there was a, was a rather large woman. And they were, I knew, I'm like, they're, they're going to, we're going to sit down soon. She'll kill her. Because Kim ain't moving. I'm like, you know, get up. And she's just, no, she's not getting up. I'm just like, this is not going to be good. And I'm all concerned about that. Listen, if the enemy can get you distracted, I can't receive while I'm distracted. Say amen to that. Then everything's going on. I'm oblivious to things I could be seeing or could be getting. But because I'm over here wanting to do my own thing and I'm concerned and God says this to me. Can I not take care of her? Well, yeah. 
if, if you're going to be that way about it. <laughs> but he did. He just took care of it. She never got hurt. Nothing ever happened. She just got blessed by God. And I had to finally get my eyes. I had to force myself to not worry about that woman sitting on my wife's head. Because I thought, you know, I got a leg that weighs what she weighs. And I had to get my mind off of that because I thought she's going to get hurt or whatever. I've seen God do some amazing things that I couldn't even hardly explain to you. I've seen wooden pews open up and, and uh, a lady fall in slow motion and just hit the floor. Well, not hit, just kind of lay softly on the floor and then the pew closed right back up. And I thought, and I looked around and people were like, did you see that? I'm like, thank God I'm not losing my mind. Yes, I saw that. I mean, all kinds of stuff. Why? Let me tell you. God's got something better for you. Now, I don't, I'm not saying everything's got to be freaky and all that. So you can come here and you're safe. But I am going to tell you that he's going to stretch you. Because we're about to jump into a brand new facility. And it's going to stretch us. There are going to be people that are going to come there. And let me tell you, when people need help, that's all they want. Their motive is totally selfish, probably. They don't know God, but they just know if you know God and he can make me whole, let me make me whole then. And they'll figure that out. I'm trying to tell you a biblical principle here, because once that happens, once Jesus fed the people or once these happened, their needs were met. They were more apt to go. How'd that happen? My, my, my. The reality is this. What are you believing? What are you seeing? What are you hearing? And what are you going to do about it? Are you going to do what others won't do? Are you going to believe what others won't believe? Are you going to say what others maybe won't say? But I'm asking you. And we've got to all do all this in love. So I'm not asking you to hammer anything out. That's, but walking with God. There is a life that's better. I believe in 2018. You're going to be more prosperous than you've ever been. So that you can do more for the kingdom than you've ever done. And that the people that are around you will notice a change in your attitude and your personality and in your perception of who God is and how big he is in you. How many want better? Would you bow your heads, close your eyes, please?